Welcome everyone to today's episode. I'm super excited to introduce yet another wonderful guest to you, Nazreen Ahmed. She's the founder of CEO of Harborlight Coaching, and she specializes in grief, loss, and major change. Nazreen's coaching is founded on helping clients find peace after a loss, divorce, or illness, and she supports them in addressing their mindset, overcoming the hurdles of grief, and completing what's unfinished. Welcome to the business of inner peace. I'm your host, Erin Jean, and I'm so glad you're here. Let's pretend we're sitting in my living room, enjoying a cup of coffee or tea and getting to know each other just a little better. That's what I love. I love getting to hear your story. I love feeling connected by the spirit of understanding that our stories bring. Today, I'm sharing some of my story, but I hope someday soon you'll be telling me yours. Listen, I know that you're feeling overwhelmed with life and nothing is exactly how you'd like it to be. Your marriage is not what you hoped for. Motherhood is harder than you imagined. and You've lost yourself somewhere in the mix of responsibilities. Well, if you're ready to bring some more peace and joy into your life, reconnect with God who made you and start living a life you love, then grab your cup of coffee or tea and let's dive into today's show. So welcome, welcome, Nazreen. I'm super happy to have you here. I feel like you've got an important message to share with our audience. And I'd love to just start off by inviting you to share a little bit of your story of what got you here. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me today. Um, so my my journey started um, when my sister passed away. Um, it's hard to believe it's been almost 10 years, uh, but she passed away suddenly at the age of 37. And I had two older sisters. Um, she was the middle sister. And for most of my life, she was like, oh, I want to be just like her. You know, I, I always looked up to her. I always copied her. I wanted to dress like she dressed. I wanted to do the activities she wanted to do. Um, and I just, I really admired her. She was smart and funny and like super, super sarcastic and just honest. And yeah, it was, she was an amazing person. Um, and when she passed away, I had very little experience of grief up until that point. You know, I'd lost a, a few people in my life, but nobody, you know, in my immediate family, nobody really close to me. And it was a total shock. Like I had no idea how to deal with it. It was a shock in the sense that it was completely unexpected, but also a shock to me in the sense of like, I don't know how to deal with this. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And at that point I was living out in California. Um, and I decided to move back to New York because most of my friends, my support system, my family was on the East coast. Um, so I moved back to New York and really just for a good year or two tried to pick up the pieces, you know, just tried to figure out what to do, how to get up out of bed every day, what to, how to spend my time. You know, I, I was looking for work. I was looking for an apartment. I was just really trying to like um, piece together some semblance of, of like, you know, a foundation. Um, and around that time, I, um, after I moved back to New York, I started um, in therapy and I'd been in therapy before um, but I started going to a therapist who was wonderful. She was a very, you know, a, a great therapist in a lot of ways, a wonderful person. 
Um, but she wasn't in tra- trained in grief. She wasn't really familiar with how to really support somebody who was grieving. And so I found that um, it almost felt like I was just spinning my wheels. Like I'd go to go to talk to her, cry a lot, feel awful, go home, cry more, feel awful, you know, and kind of the cycle continued. Um, and then I tried support groups for a while and it was um, in a way very comforting to be around other people who'd lost siblings. And in a way it also felt very overwhelming. Like there were stories that like broke my heart, you know, and my heart was already broken. So I was like, I don't know if I can handle more heartbreak, you know, and, and more tragedy. And, um, and the things that we were doing, like the kind of activities that they had set up for us from time to time in the support groups were also a little, um, I don't know, like they felt like things that weren't really intended to help me move forward. Um, you know, like one of the things we did was like create a collage of like things we want to say to our person or um, another was like just like a picture board with different photos, memory board, which is very sweet. Right. But it, it didn't feel like it was what I needed. And uh, for me, the point that I was like, I need to see, seek something else was when um, when somebody in the um, support group asked the counselor, how long is too long to be in counseling? Like how long is before, or excuse me, how long is it too long to be in this support group? When should we think about leaving? And the counselor was like, you know, two years. If you're, if you're here for longer than two years, then we should really look at like what's going on for you. And I freaked out because <laughs> I was probably about six months um, uh, or it had been about six to eight months since my sister passed away. And I was feeling awful. And I was like, I cannot spend the next two years feeling as awful as I do right now and coming here every week feeling awful and walking away feeling awful. I was just like, I can't do this. It was so like that. That was a moment where I was like, no, no, this is not working. This, I need to find something else. And um, at that point, I had already started in a coach training program. I was in a um, life and business training program. And it was a year long program. We were probably month three or four. Um when somebody told me that she had just met, because I was sharing a little bit about my grief and somebody told me that she had just met a grief coach. And I was like, okay, (laughs) tell me a little bit more about that because I have never heard of a grief coach. I don't know anything about grief coaching. I've been seeing the therapist and I've been going to these support groups, but what's grief coaching? And it took me a while, I'm not gonna lie. It took me a while to actually call her up and, um, and to eventually hire her. But it felt like, for the first time, it felt like I talked to somebody who was going to be able to help me process and actually like learn how to deal with what I was dealing with and learn how to move forward from it. Um, And she coached me through a process that really helped me come to terms with all the things that I had never got to say to my sister or that I wanted to say again, Um, all the ups and downs of our relationship. You know, we had a very rocky relationship with parts, you know, certain parts in our, in our lives. And so there was a lot of guilt and regret that I was holding on to. And, it was a, a really transformative experience. Like it wasn't anything that I ever thought I could feel, uh, you know, after working with somebody um, and after losing my sister, you know, I was, I assumed that I would always feel pain, that I would always um, be hurting, you know, and, and to work with somebody who helped me process things in a way that felt like I could find peace was amazing. Like unheard of to me. I really didn't expect it. And so um, that's really what inspired me, you know, as I was going through the rest of my coach training program, I, I just kept having this nagging 
feeling that I was like, I have to go into grief coaching. I have to go into grief coaching. And so I did. So I did a whole other program for grief coaching and done a couple of other trainings since. And, um, uh, you know, I do a lot of different coaching in, in my day, but the uh, majority of it is around grief and loss. I really appreciate your story. And um, I recognize that similarness of my story with um, realizing that something wasn't meeting my needs anymore um, or, or helping me to move forward. And that, that was kind of my experience around therapy with um, the trauma that I was dealing with. So I would love to just like if maybe we could help the audience recognize, you know, that that pivotal point of like when something is serving you and and when it's not um, almost like that moment that you had right with like, oh, my gosh, I can't do this for two years. Um, maybe could you share a few tips of like this is when this is beneficial and here's maybe when it's not. For sure. For sure. So I talk about the differences between therapy, counseling and coaching quite a bit. And I actually, um, because of my experience and because I have a lot of people who would come to me as a grief coach or, or you know, coming to a grief coach, but they actually needed somebody else or a different type of um, support at that point in their journey. Um, I actually created an assessment on my website so people could just fill it out and then they'll get, you know, a PDF of like, here's what's probably best for you right now, given your responses, given what you're feeling. And um, just to help kind of that clarification, right? Give that that clarification because I know I never, I had no idea the difference between a therapist and a counselor when I started on my journey. So, um, so basically the way I, 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 um, usually categorize them as therapy is great when you've gone through a loss that brings up a lot of complexity, whether it was a strained relationship with the person that you lost, maybe um, there was abuse, maybe there was violence, maybe it was in a strange relationship where you didn't talk for years, um, or the loss brings up a lot of other losses for you. And it's really hard to get through the day, really hard to do even the basic tasks of just moving through your day. That's when therapy can be really helpful. And you want to make sure you talk to somebody who's really trained in grief, unlike myself, right? You want to find somebody who has a lot of grief training rather than just like taking a course throughout their, their training program. Um, and then counseling is really good for basically the immediate aftermath of loss. Um, so if you've gone through loss in the last year, that's when you might think about a counselor who can help you really kind of process what you've been through, thinking about um uh, how to get through your day, but also like, you know, kind of going through and dealing with some of the guilt, dealing with some of the regret, um, whatever you might've experienced in your relationship as well. And then coaching is really about moving forward, right? So, um, I usually work with people after they've either gone to, so they've gone through some kind of support system, whether it's therapy, support groups, um, counseling, Usually they come to me and it's like there's still some um, effects of grief going on. Like there's still um, obviously a lot of emotion, um, but they still may be holding on to some of the guilt and regret. And that's when when I help them through this proactive process to really look at like what they're holding on to, why are they still holding on to it and how to start to release it, how to let it go. So it's a bit more proactive than than um, both therapy or counseling. And um, it really is intended to be like, OK, I've been through this. And I really want to uh, continue to heal from it. And now what's next? You know, and so a lot of my conversations with people are around 
you know, where do you want to go? What do you want to do? You've, you've had this major loss. And sometimes it's like, I just need to process it and then continue with life. Some of it, a lot of my clients are like, I need to process it. And I also need to figure out like, it's time for a new career or it's time to retire or it's time to, you know, take a trip, take my kids somewhere. You know, I was time to have kids or, you know, I mean, like people, when we go through loss, we, we start to think about our own mortality. We start to think about our legacy. We start to think about what we want for our lives, how we're spending our time. Are we in the right, you know, living situation? Are we in the right city? Are we in the right country? Are we, you know, um, in the right relationships? And so we really start to take stock of what, we, what we're doing and, um, and a lot of my job is to help people start to change what they're doing and how they're living. I love that. That makes sense. And what an awesome assessment you've made. I'm like, oh, that sounds like a really great <laughs> tool. Really serve the people that you're wanting to help. Um, so as I was thinking about my audience this morning and maybe the the grief that they might be facing the most often, I really thought it's probably losing a parent or facing divorce or going through divorce. And both are definitely forms of grief, but a little bit different. Um, so I thought it would be good to talk about that kind of maybe what's similar, what's different. And then the other piece that I was really thinking on as I was thinking about people that I know grieving is I've noticed grief can often, some people just get stuck and it seems to completely change their life and their identity, like their identity seems to become about this loss. And then I've seen other people just soar and live a life that is so full of joy and purpose that even I'm astounded that how well they're doing after a deep loss. And I'd love for you to also just share, you know, what do you think the difference is and how can we be a person that's soaring instead of you know, making it our identity. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, okay. So let's start with the first, um, the first question around divorce and, um, parent loss. So definitely very different, um, experiences, right? Because very often when you lose a parent and I'm going to make some broad assumptions here, so it's not gonna, it's not gonna apply to everybody, obviously, but, um, when you lose a parent, even if the relationship wasn't always great, you still are losing somebody you've had your entire life. You, you know, in some form or fashion, you've known them your entire life. And um, that can be really devastating. You know, it can be really hard because a lot of people have great relationships with their parents and it becomes, uh, you know, that loss is is that sort of foundation. You, you lose part of your foundation um, when you lose your parent, you lose your rock, you lose that source of support, that, you know, comfort. Um, knowing that there's nobody in the world that's going to love you like that person, right? And nobody in the world knows you quite like that person, you know? And so it's, it can be very devastating. And um, I, a lot of people I know when they lose somebody, um, a lot of my clients come to me like, now I have to take care of my other parent. You know, I'm concerned about my other parent. They're not, they're not doing well. And so they almost become, um, they almost like want to be grief counselors or grief coaches, right? Um, but at the same time, they also become caregivers. You know, a lot of times, even if the, the parent is healthy and can live alone, uh, a lot of times they become caregivers in a, in a way. And so it's a multi-layered 
experience of grief. You know, you start to see your your surviving parent a very different way. You start to um, think about your relationship with your with the parent that you lost. You know, and and there may be a lot of regret and things that you never talked about. You know, um, parts of your legacy that and their legacy that you'll never know. You know, and so it's it it can be incredibly incredibly difficult. Um, and then for divorce, uh, also very difficult, but in a different way. A lot of times you are also losing your foundation, right? You know, people often think of marriage as like one of those things that's just, it it provides a sense of security and safety and um, is, a, is a foundational piece of their life. And when you lose your spouse to, to divorce, when you choose to end the marriage, um, even though it may have been not good for years um you're losing that foundation right you're losing that that person that sort of uh, other half of you and i worked with a lot of women over the years who come to me either in the midst or um, after the divorce is finalized and they're like i don't even know who i am anymore you know i have to raise my kids with this person now i have to figure out how to co-parent and uh, make sure I don't say or do the wrong things um, to either upset my co-parent or to really impact my kids and how they interact with the co-parent. Uh, but also I have to figure out who I am, right? I'm more than just a parent. I'm more than just a co-parent. I'm more than, you know, any one definition, right? Or, or, or label. I am trying to figure out what I like. I'm trying to figure out, you know, how to make sometimes big decisions in life how to handle finances, how to be a, um, you know, the, the breadwinner now or in a single income home. Uh, but also, you know, what kind of music or movies do I want to watch? You know, what makes me feel good? What kind of food do I want to have for dinner? You know, sometimes it's, it's really granular things that are really hard to decide. You know, it's really hard to be like, okay, yeah, I'm just going to have this tonight. You know, I'm going to watch this tonight after the kids go to bed, whatever it is, you know? So, um, a lot of people feel like they are really having to kind of redefine themselves and in a way rebirth themselves. And so that um, that too is a very you know unique experience of trying to figure out who am I? What do I like? What do I not like? What do I want? When do I want to start dating, if at all? You know, um, who do I want to be with? What kind of person I want to be with, et cetera. So, and then, you know, making sure the kids are doing okay. How are they grieving through this process? How are they processing and, and dealing with it? Um, do they need extra support? You know, what does that look like? What happens if I start to bring this this new person in my life home to them? You know, all these different issues. And, and I think grief in a way, or excuse me, divorce in a way, um, creates all of the ripple effects of grief, you know, um, uh, I don't want to say for the rest of our lives, but for for quite a while, for quite a while, depending on again the kids and the the circumstances of divorce. So, um, very different experiences, but both incredibly disruptive to our lives and um, challenge a lot of things that we think of as as certain or as uh, as sort of stable part of our lives. Um, yeah. Yeah, I that was an interesting comment that you made about the food um, piece, because I have a client right now that's going through divorce. And that is one of the things that comes up a lot is like it's overwhelming just to even decide what to eat. So just want to validate 
every person out there that's like, okay, I'm not alone. This, this is a little bit of a hard piece. And you're right. It's those, those very small things that become the unexpected things, you know, that can be difficult. Um, which sort of leads me to that next part of what I was asking about is how do you maybe one, like identify that you are stuck and you're allowing this loss to become your identity. And then how do you sort of make sure that you're this person that is continuing to grow and create joy in your life rather than now just having a life full of misery and, and pain? You know, I think it's, it's really important one to recognize there's no timeline for grief. You know, it will, I very often say grief happens to us. It's not something that we can control. It's not like we're like, okay, I'm going to put grief away today because I have a really important meeting and I got to show up for work, right? It it happens when it happens. It might happen in that middle of the meeting, you know, in the middle of that meeting. It might happen on your way home from work. It might happen in front of your kids. It, it happens when it happens. Grief comes up and you might feel a whole range of experiences, anger, sadness, you know, regret, um, anxiety, depression, frustration, hopelessness, despair. I mean, there's uh, relief sometimes is, is very common, you know? So I think, um, knowing that there's no timeline, uh, but also recognizing that your grief will evolve and change over time, you know? So the first year might be incredibly difficult. Year two might be even harder, but then year three starts to ease up, you know? So it, it really depends on the person and what they've gone through and how they, how they process or not process. If they, choose to ignore it or put it off to the side, if it's too difficult to, to um, even, you know, think about for a while, these are all very common. And I try to tell people not to judge themselves, right? The, your ability to process is not a reflection of how much you cared about someone, you know? So it's, it's not that I can't cry. And so I didn't love my person enough, you know? Um, But at the same time, your grief should evolve and change over time. So if you find that year two, year three, you know, you're still feeling as awful as you did in the first months of your loss, that's an issue, right? That's something to look at. Uh, If you're really struggling just to make it through the day, again, the the little things are, are too challenging, um, and become so overwhelming that that they're almost debilitating or you can't, you know, you can't make the decision. You can't just, all right, I'm just going to have the pizza and, and be done with it. Right. Um, if you find that, um, that you still can't focus, you know, a few years after your loss, after your, the divorce, if you're still struggling, um, that's when you, you really need to start thinking about getting professional support. And I would immediately start thinking about either counseling or therapy at that point likely more likely than not therapy um but again depending on the person and what they're dealing with um so yeah so i think i think people should anticipate that this is a marathon not not a sprint um they need to really fuel themselves just like you would in a marathon you want to make sure that you're eating well you want to make sure that you're moving you want to make sure that you're resting and sleeping giving yourself all of the sort of foundational things you need for your well-being, your physical well-being, which will then lead to emotional, mental, spiritual well-being, and um, making sure that as much as you can, that those are in place and getting help when you need it. You know, I, I talk about getting support 
because that's huge for us. You know, we are social creatures. We're not meant to heal in, in isolation. We're not meant to heal alone. Um, we heal when we're, when we're witnessed, when we're, you know, seen and heard and understood in whatever we're going through. And so, um, if you, yeah, so I'm about to go into another topic. <laughs> uh, but I would say if you notice that there has been no evolution of how you're feeling, no evolution of your grief, that's when you would really need to look for um, some uh, some support. Is there anything else that you just really feel like it's important for the audience to know about grief if they're dealing with a loss? Um, there are. Uh, so, so kind of going on to to what I was going to say in terms of support, there are a lot of people who and who expect that their spouse or their friend is going to know how to support them when they've gone through a loss or when they're going through divorce, something like that. And that's a fallacy. You know, most people in our society kind of run away from grief. We don't talk. We talk. We might talk about death in the sense of like how somebody died. But we don't talk about the grief. We don't talk about the pain. We don't talk about the despair. We don't talk about the numbness, the hopelessness, whatever you're feeling. We don't talk about how hard it is, you know, in in month seven, you know, or month eight. We just want you to kind of deal with that on your own behind closed doors and show up as a, you know, happy person or show up as happy enough, you know. And I think... um I think you really, when you're looking for support, you really need to make sure that you find somebody who it does feel like they just get you. They understand you. You're in a safe space where you can say all that you need to say and express yourself and show up exactly as you are. You don't have to put on a front, um, you know, and if you can't find those people in your immediate network, keep looking, you know, find find those people, uh, seek them out, hire them, whatever you need to do, uh, because there are a lot of people who are trained and understand how to be with grievers. And I think it's really important to get the support. A lot of times people are in a situation where they don't have medical insurance. They can't, you know, go to therapy because it's not covered and they don't have the financial, you know, means to hire a coach. Is there a tool that you would offer them that's free? That's, that would be something that would be helpful. There are some amazing books out in the world um, around grief and loss. One of the most famous is It's Okay That You're Not Okay by Megan Devine. Um, there's a lot of like Instagram accounts and social media that's devoted to helping people through grief. My mind as well, even though it's not super active these days, um, you know, but either social media or, you know, books that you might be able to get from the library, stuff like that. And also, again, websites that have like assessments. And, you know, I have a um, a 30-day um, email blast that I send people if they subscribe. Um, it's called Grief and Grace, and they can get, you know, affirmations and daily support information, that kind of thing. So those are all free resources. But I would say if you can afford to spend even a little bit um, David Kessler from grief.com. Um, I, I went through one of his trainings a few years ago and he has an amazing, um, program called tender hearts. It's an online virtual support group and they have pretty much every day. I think they have different uh, meetings that you could attend. Um, they're run by him or people who are trained by him like myself. And 
they're for you know specific kinds of losses and so it, it's really amazing and they're there during holidays and weekends and you know i mean it's really uh phenomenal so i would check that out um and then there are also i know at least when i was going through my loss a lot of grief support groups that were affordable you know what i mean like twenty dollars thirty dollars I know there's still a lot um, available kind of in that range even today. So I would look for either in-person or virtual support groups that people feel like they can, um, you know, pay a little bit, um, but hopefully get a lot of support. I love it. That's a lot of great resources. I just want to throw one in the in the hat here. <laughs> of, and I've talked about it a lot before. I love tapping. Um, EFT, and that's a free resource that you can find. And you can find one specifically around grief and loss, even narrowed down right to what you're grieving. So sometimes it's just nice to be led through a tapping meditation to um, bring a little bit of peace. I think those are all great resources. And there's actually, there's something called self-havening that people could Google and find out more about that's supposed to support you while you're grieving. And also so many different meditations on YouTube and other websites um, for specifically for grief. You know what I mean? So there's also other resources to check out. I love it. Well, would you just tell the audience how they can find you and connect with you? If they themselves are grieving or know someone that is. Uh, absolutely. The best way to get in touch with me is through my website, harborlightcoaching.com. Um, there's again, like all the different free resources people could sign up for, and um, they can always reach out and, and schedule a free consultation as well. Awesome. Well, it has been a pleasure having you on. I'll be sure to put your links in the show notes so it'll be easy for everyone to find you. Thank you for the work that you're doing in the world. I know that it is going to always be needed, and uh, you've got such a beautiful spirit about you. I've really appreciated our time today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And thank you for all the work that you're doing. I'm sure there's so many women that are supported and, and feeling, um, feeling, you know, the, the base that they need. It's phenomenal what you're doing as well. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you're feeling blessed by the content here, the number one way you can show me is by leaving me a written review of the show. I'd be forever grateful knowing that you're out there listening helps me know that I'm truly living out God's purpose in my life. The other thing you can do is take a screenshot of this episode, share it with a friend, or better yet, tag me on your Instagram stories. Remember, you are seen, known, and loved. May God richly bless you today. All my love, Erin Jean.